At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up to date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters! This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riffwake podcast. I'm Mitch, player on Riffwake and a D&D enthusiast. And today's topic is hit points! Mitch, what are hit points? Uh, a physical, numerical representation of your health. Yeah, but what exactly does that mean? How many hits you can take before you're dead. Yeah, so it is the kind of ambiguity that is hit points that I want to talk about. Because honestly, I'm not very fond of how it's phrased in the player's handbook, which is as follows. Hit points represent a combination of physical and mental durability, the will to live, and luck. Creatures with more hit points are more difficult to kill. Those with fewer hit points are more fragile. A creature's current hit points, usually just called hit points, can be any number from the creature's hit point maximum down to zero. This number changes frequently as a creature takes damage or receives healing. Whenever a creature takes damage, that damage is subtracted from its hit points. The loss of hit points has no effect on a creature's capabilities until the creature drops to zero hit points. What the hell does luck have to do with your hit points? Right. Yeah, that, that ancient red dragon is so lucky because it's got 10 million hit points. No. <laughs> Nothing uh, to do with it. Or will to live. Right? Like, will has no... Nothing as part of that. Like, uh, Yeah, it's a I constat. Just, I hate that phrasing. Yeah, so, yeah, you get hit with something. You don't have, will, like, is, is will to live supposed to be death-saving throws? Like, 
I could kind of see that, but at the same time, most people who fail death saving throws still don't want to die. So that that's just bad writing. I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's true. So a lot of newer dungeon masters who read the 5e player's handbook are not really are not probably likely to have a great understanding of exactly what hit points are. And there's a reason I keep using that particular phrase, because most players, you know, and dungeon masters alike, do understand the idea of more hit points, more durable. That is a simple numbers thing, and that just makes sense. But the question that I want to actually talk about now is what does that actually mean in game? Like, if you're in a massive fight, like let's say you've got like a party of four versus ten bandits, and like let's just say you've got the tank that gets shot at five times with crossbows, excuse me, gets shot at five times with crossbows, and you know they get hit three times, so does that mean that they literally have three arrows sticking out of them? Does that mean that they just got three superficial wounds and they're just slowly getting worn down by just, you know, minor blood loss and it's a death of a thousand cuts situation? What does it actually mean to lose hit points in a D&D game? I like the idea of some dude just with a bunch of arrows sticking out of him. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, the Zabuza meme? I think he sent it to me once. Probably that I still have one hit point with yeah, him, just yeah, with that, that, just a back one. full of spears. <laughs> it really is just one of my favorites. Just yeah, just if you're in the mood for a quick laugh, just Google Zabuza one hit point and you'll find it. It's it's just funny. I enjoy that one. But anyway, but I'm curious. Just like, is this something that you've ever actually thought about at all? Not particularly. I mean, <sighs> I, I've just played, you know, shitload of video games. It's all hit point based. So, yeah, this is just something that just I ponder, though, is just what does that actually mean to have hit points in a game? So D&D sometimes does try to be simulationist and to have some level of realism to it, even in, you know, the whole world of sword and sorcery and all that jazz. Uh, it, it definitely doesn't a lot of the time. But this is something that I feel it, it's worth thinking about. So how do you want to actually treat hit points in your game is something that a dungeon master can think about. Like, if you want to just not worry about it and to just let it be and to just describe, you know, the occasional wound that might happen just for a badass moment, you can just do that and not worry about it. And most Dungeon Masters do that, and that's fine. But this is something that just me being the logical asshole that you all know me to be by this point... I do feel that it is just worth that extra bit of consideration. So sticking with, you know, this party v bandits situation, like are hit points literally an amount of durability that people have in the world. 
So you can actually play up this being a literal fact in game or in world, I should say, because this is a world of magic and this is a world that, you know, from our perspective, does have quantifiable magic. So having hit points be an actual literal thing can be something that you choose to do in which case you know this is something that just that i personally actually do prefer and is how i actually do like to think about hit points so in that situation let's say that you do have you know a pretty tanky fighter with 100 hit points then that literally is the amount of basically internal magical durability that they have that just gets depleted as they take wound as they take you know take what would be damage so as they take you know all these arrows and you know stab wounds and you know dragon's fire but all the shit that adventurers run into that it's literally draining them of their magical durability as that compensates for the damage that is trying to be done to them and that would also help explain why, when someone does reach zero hit points, they automatically fall unconscious instead of just getting a fatal wound. Because the depletion of that reserve of magical durability causes a shock to the system that automatically knocks you unconscious. Which would be why medicine check is only able to stabilize, but then an infusion of magic via healing spell or potion is enough to automatically wake you back up when you cannot do that non-magically. So there is, you know, some evidence to support that that could be a way to interpret things. And that really is just how I like to think about it. So that, you know, your armor might have arrows sticking out of it, but it hasn't actually managed to penetrate your flesh as you still have that enhanced durability magically until you are reduced down to zero hit points and fall unconscious. And that's when, you know, you potentially might have a bad time. So it does kind of work. And I really do just like that explanation personally too. just yeah, think of it, 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 it checks all the boxes, you know? Right. And also in terms of just logic and mechanics mixed, which is how I prefer, that would also explain, like, for magic users and physical fighters, a magic user uses the magic that they have to expel externally. So they don't have a larger physical, like, like internalized magic, might be a better way to put it, while someone like a fighter is still living in a world of magic and their body still absorbs all of that. So this kind of implies just that every single being in the world is a magical being, which makes sense to me in a world like D&D. I've read so a lot then, of books that kind of do it like that, where uh, like everyone gets magic, but like physical classes, their magic goes into durability and crap. Right. Exactly. And, you know, lets them do all their spiffy, you know, sword moves and whatnot. Yeah. And mages are squishy because it goes out. Right, exactly. They have, you know, just weaponized that amount of energy to be able to be thrown out externally while physical fighters, you know, like, you know, fighters, barbarians, all of them, 
internalize everything just to enhance their physical durability to you know real like superhuman levels like if you actually think about the physical feats like in terms of strength then D characters are actually fairly low like if you consider like ah, not even superman but who's like someone else with just lesser enhanced strength uh like i'm just uh, spider-man is is stronger than any D character oh probably yeah i mean he like, can pick up a car right like he's really goddamn strong he could rip but, somebody's face off I literally mean, he, he he could but thankfully and, he's generally more moral than that well unless black but anyway i'm not gonna worry about black suit ah as much as i do love the symbiotes anyway the sorry that was a tangent the point that i'm trying to make though uh there are many stronger characters throughout other sources of media but D D characters are far far more durable than most give them credit for if you do consider they get stabbed shot a dragon's breath is usually considered to be something that just incinerates everything put in front of it even magic items are potentially destroyed by a dragon's breath a lot of the time and yet a powerful enough adventurer is able to just tank that potentially even a couple of times so also the fact that the lightning bolt spell and a lot of the other lightning spells are usually described as being actual lightning and yet a D&D character has the potential to dodge that shit or potentially just tank it. Like, the reflexes and durability of D&D characters are crazily superhuman. Like, even though the strength just doesn't get there, the other abilities really, really do. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But uh, anyway, so moving on just from that, I do want to also talk about some of the more mechanical based uh, rules as written stuff for 
how you are able to affect hit points just in a rules as written 5e game. So what things are you aware of that do affect how many hit points you have? Constitution stat. Yeah, absolutely. So the constitution stat is just what affects your hit points. So you'll have one hit point per level per like positive constitution modifier that your character has. So a character who has, you know, so let's just stick with a 10th level character who has, uh, you know, 12 constitution, then that gives them one extra hit point every time that they level up, which then would give them, you know, 10 hit points for that con. Now, something that a lot of people might sometimes forget when they are just dealing with level ups, though, when your constitution increases, that actually does retroactively affect your hit points as well. So if that same 10th level character, uh, let's just say that, you know, they managed to get their hands on a magic item like the Amulet of Health that were to increase their constitution from a 12 to a 19, like, oh, that is truly one of the best rare magic items in the game and arguably one of the best magic items, period. So yeah, Amulet of Health, 12 con. So that would give your modifier a change from a plus one to a plus four. So for a 10th level character, that would instantly mean that that difference of plus one to plus four con, so that, you know, difference of plus three, 10th level, 30 additional hit points immediately for that character. So that is a magic item that truly can have a massive, massive impact on a character, especially if you do consider that a lot of people just don't have, you know, great rolled stats or just chose to make con not as optimized as it could be for a character's sake. But yeah, improving con really is just the first and arguably best way to improve hit points. And of course, as we also uh, just talked about the other week, there is also a manual that you might be able to get access to that will permanently give you a constitution increase of plus two. And that also is something that would give you that extra one hit point per level. So speaking of that, are you aware of any other magic items that might have an impact? Luck, Will. Uh, shit, I had something a minute ago, but I, I forgot it. Uh, damn it. It was a thing that does stuff. No, that was a feat I'm thinking of, I think. Eh? Yeah. And there's some feet that boost your uh, health up. Your health. There is indeed. And that feat yeah. is called Tough. That's tough. And That's that is... Item. It's not an item, but it's still something that is on my list. You're just skipping ahead a smidge, but that's okay. So what that one does is you gain two hit points per level. And it really is just another of the just better feats that exist in the game because that also still applies retroactively. So if you were to pick that as your eighth level feat, you don't just gain two hit points. You immediately would gain 16 and then two additional every time you level up thereafter. 
So a 20th level character that just has taken feet ever will have an additional 40 hit points by endgame thanks to that feat. So yeah, if you're talking just pure additional hit points, that definitely is a high contender on the list. Uh, another uh, magic item worth mentioning is the Belt of Dwarven Kind, because this thing is a rather amusing mix to me of mechanically powerful and silly, which is always a good combination. So rare magic item that requires attunement. Uh, while wearing the belt, you have a constitution score increase by two to a maximum of 20. So yeah, there you go. Your con increases. And the fact that it is plus two means that your modifier should go up at that point, which would again give you that additional one hit point per level. Uh, it also gives you advantage on persuasion checks made with dwarves. But then there's the silly side. Well, half silly, half... Anyway. In addition, while attuned to the belt, you have a 50% chance each day of growing a full beard if you're capable of growing one, or a visibly thicker beard if you already have one. So that always does just amuse me. I want that bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty neat. But then there is also a little bit more to the item too. If you are into dwarf, you gain the following additional benefits. Advantage on saving throws against poison and resistance against poison damage, dark vision to 60 feet, and the ability to read, write, and speak dwarvish. So it gives you pretty much the some of the dwarves' racial abilities, and of course, the wonderful, glorious dwarven beard. And I just really do get a kick out of that item, and that's another one on my list personally, just of items that I wish got used more, because it is both mechanically powerful and kind of funny, and that's always a fun combination. So... On the magic item front, there is one more worth mentioning, which is the Iron Stone of Fortitude. But I kind of hate it. So all that this does, your constitution score is increased by 2 to a maximum of 20 while this pink stone orbits your head. But the reason I hate it, this is a very rare magic item which is baffling because I just read that belt of dwarven kind, which is all that extra shit, but is only a rare magic item. And now there's this thing that is very rare yet only does part of it. That's dumb. That's just not well balanced. Ah, that, that one really just doesn't hurt me. Cause well, anyway, I'm not going to go on that rant again. I, like, I like the idea of Iune Stones, but they just aren't good. Ah, sorry, tangential rage. <sighs> the point being, though, there are a lot of things that can potentially... Actually, sorry, one more magic item before I do finish up. And this is one that is potentially world-changing if you tilt your head and squint. Have you ever heard of the Berserker Axe? Uh, don't think so. So, this is 
yet another of those seemingly simple items, but that has implications. So let me just read the mechanical aspects first. So it is uh, just plus one axe, yada, yada, yada. In addition, while you are attuned to this weapon, your hit point maximum increases by one for each level you have attained. Uh, on the downside, it is also a cursed magic item that doesn't want you to part with it, doesn't want you to use other weapons, and has the potential of triggering a Berserker Rage if you get damaged, which, not great, but the point that I do need to be sure to point out here is that, of course, hit point maximum increase. So this is a magic item, canonical, just from the freaking basic rules on, that can allow you to increase your hit point maximum by one for each level you have attained. Now, as a dungeon master, it's up to you to decide, is this something that is only possible because it's balanced by the curse, or is this something that might simply be possible just with magic in your world? So is it possible to have a non-cursed version of that enchantment on other items? And that really is something that only you as a dungeon master can really make the choice of, or if you do need it to have some form of cost to it. But that's something that can honestly get complicated, so I myself just keep it simple by simply having it more expensive to be without the curse to balance. But the point being, though, this is a canonical item that is able to increase your hit point maximum. So That's what we should have made last winter. <laughs> I mean, he didn't need the curse to go berserk. But honestly, that might have been kind of funny. Uh, something to bring up if uh, we ever do see another return of Gora from Naheim. But technically speaking, the rules do say that you're not supposed to be able to be attuned to more than one of the same magic item, but a min-max type player might try to argue to their DM, they aren't the same items. I've got one Berserker Hand Axe, one Berserker Battle Axe, and one Berserker Great Axe. The fact that the Battle Axe and Hand Axe are just on my back or you know on my hip is irrelevant. They're totally not the same, so I have three hit points per level now. <laughs> like, again, as a dungeon master, you definitely don't have to accept that argument, but I would, because if someone's willing to use all three attunement slots and, you know, spend the gold or effort to quest for the three different varieties of acts to make use of that, I would allow that personally, because that is some dedication right there. Yeah, and then they murder their party in a fit of berserky rage. That is a danger. Especially three because... Three times as, berserky. Yeah, if you do have to make them roll that saving throw three times because they have three cursed items, that would be a bit unfortunate. Hey, unless if they, if have, they want three hit points per level. Yeah, like, that's what again, they the do. argument can be made that that's the cost, and if they do accept that risk, if the party is willing to accept that risk, well, alright. I'm curious to see what would happen, to be honest. I, I would just watch that with a smirk. 
Uh, man, especially if you do consider that it might well be a barbarian character. So, well, anyway, that's a bit more tangent. The point being, though, that enchantment canonically exists. So whether you do allow that to be used on other magic items is just something that is worth considering because, who boy, that can have just interesting effects if you do make it easier to allow you know, magic users or to allow physical characters to just have that on just a magic item that they have use of to just be that little bit less squishy. So in summary, there are quite a number of ways to just affect the amount of hit points that a character has. But more importantly, just I, Remy, beseech Dungeon Masters at home to just think about what hit points actually mean in your world, how you want hit points to be interpreted, and whether you do want them to be a representation, as it does say in the rules, or if you do want it to be a more literal thing in your world, having an understanding can just help you as an Dungeon Master to just better narrate the world that you live in to make a more enjoyable game experience for everyone at your table. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, and you can send us an email, riftsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. P.S. For those of you who have stuck around to this point, thank you. If my interpretation of hit points sounds a bit like the aura in the anime Ruby, yes. Honestly, I forgot about that. I haven't seen Ruby in forever. Yeah. I Such a good followed. show, though. Yeah, I like that one. But I Terribly just, animated I at the start. Up. A great story. Yeah, I like it. I do need to catch up on that. Plus, honestly. that scythe gun is fucking awesome. <laughs> Crescent Rose. Oh, yeah, dude. I'd love to build something like that. Yeah, just mecha shift weaponry in general is just such bullshit, but like the glorious kind of bullshit. Yeah. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 